Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I want to go back to our message, His Benefits, and I want to read Psalm 103. I want to go right through it. I want to go right through it, and I'm going to condense my message, and and I'm going to give the first five verses. I'm going to just consolidate it with a little bit of teaching of the first five verses. So I need need just, yeah, I haven't told them this, but of David, praise the Lord. So this is Psalm 103, and this this is, to give you context, this is about not forgetting His Benefits. I believe a lot of people struggle to worship, even to give to God, because they forget His benefits. If they were to watch, if we were to play the Passion, Mel Gibson's version of the Passion, Christ crucified, man, the offerings would go up, the worship would go up, everything. But you got to remind yourself, Amen. You got to remind yourself. I can't even. I've seen the movie once. I can't even bear to see it again, to be honest. I couldn't play that here. No, so it's too dramatic. It's too life-threatening. Uh, you might get saved. Uh, um, you know what I mean? So, uh, but, but certainly we need to realize why we need to be happy, why we need to worship, why we need to believe. We need to be on fire for God. And, and again, to put things in context, last, th- last Sunday night we had a blowout meeting. We didn't get out of the house till 20 past 9. Um, man, we were trying to finish it up by 7.30. 7.30 ended up 8, 8. Ended up 8.30, 8.30, ended up 9 o'clock. God moved. So you're in the context of God moving through this church, just to give you the heads up. Amen? So God's moving, and we're not trying to make that happen. It's just, well, I'm trying to shut it down, and this worship team just keeps going, man. It's like a locomotive. I want to explain about that, why that happens too, and I think I will be able to explain it. Of David, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns your love and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's good news for older people, by the way, especially myself. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He has made his way, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds. That means he made known his nature, his character to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. This is good news. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He may discipline us for a moment, but he bounces right back to love us. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. I'm feeling that love right now. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities. He removes them. He just doesn't cover them up. He says, look, I'm willing to ignore that. He actually takes them from you and throws them in the deep blue sea. Amen. Next, as far as his compassion, as, as a father has compassion on his children, 
So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Is that good news? If you've got children, that's good news. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. Now, this is a change up right here. Praise the Lord, you his angels. Let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. Just hold that, hold that scripture there. The t- first two verses is really about David arresting himself, saying to his soul, Saul, we're in church. Let's worship God. Saul, I'm commanding you. No, I know you've had a bad week. I know the washing's still wet. I know that cake didn't turn out so well. I know that door slammed in your face wasn't good either. And I know you've got the anguish of certain uh, relationships in your life, are strained, and I know your finances are not real great. But soul, and I know you may be sick and maybe even diseased. That's not good news. You are anguished. You're under the circumstance. You're under the pump. You're under the weather. But soul says it twice, verse 1, verse 2. I'm spe- he's preaching to himself. Like I'm preaching to you, he starts to preach to himself. Saul, I've got to do this sometimes too. When I come in, I've got to go, right, Saul, we're in the house of God. You're supposed to be the pastor. Come on, here we go, here we go. All right, let, let, let those people see those hands up. Let, let people see you engage. And, and, and Saul, David says to his soul, Worship God, not half-heartedly, not half of attempt. Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, mind, soul, strength. Worship him. I have some keys to do that. You probably know my keys. I become a little bit demonstrative, meaning I demonstrate my passion, even though my soul doesn't want to. My soul would like be like, if, if my soul had its way, it would be like this. And I know the struggle I had when I first... Okay, so 85, we got saved, or 80, no, we got saved in 82, didn't we? Started to go to church in 85. Started to go to, we started to go to Liverpool CLC. And Julie was brought into the worship team. Julie laid all her show business down. She said, I don't want to do show business. I'm not putting makeup on anymore. I'm not dressing like that anymore. She became a hippie overnight. It was, it was crazy. She just refused to, ha- to, 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 to express herself in any of those terms. She just laid everything down. That's what you did in the 80s. You burn all your records. You burn all your old photos. You burn everything, didn't we? We burn our photos. Right, that's not good. That's the old life. That album, that Deep Purple, that's got to go. And, uh, and we burn everything, but it, it started to have its effect just in our way. I stopped wearing tight blue jeans. I had to think about, don't wear tight jeans, blue jeans, which I love to do in the 70s, Evan. And so I became really square overnight. It was radical. <laughs> it was, it was, there's some funny photos of me, actually, through that season. And um, I was wearing slacks. I don't know what you call them. And uh, just, just dumbing it right down. I am not, I don't want to show my body. I don't want, I just, just forget me. I'm just, I just love God. I just, it was literally like that. So um, 
we started to go to church. We did an outreach in the Memorial Park in Liverpool. Julie was the worship uh, leader, and this was one of the great things that John McMartin, great man of God, who uh, heads up the church down at uh, Hoxton Park, probably third, fourth biggest church in the state now. We were a part of that church when it was 120. It's now four or 5,000 people, amen. And so Julie was brought into the worship team. The bass player was a, a drug runner between Hawaii and America, black guy. He, not, not anymore. No, he, he finished. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what was I saying there? What was I saying? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a great guy to know. No, he wasn't. No, he, I didn't know him. And, um, and so he got radically saved. We met him, black guy. And uh, anyway, just, Julie was in the park. I had the baby, Julie, in the pram. Um, I think I had Julie in the pram. She was newborn in the pram, that's right. And all of a sudden, the, the congregational, the people in the park, in Liverpool Park, with all the people, the, the, the general public, putting their hands up. I mean, no, they weren't putting their hands up. The, the, God's people were putting their hands up. And, and I'm going, I'm hanging on to that prayer. I'm thinking to myself, no, I've got to hang on to this prayer. I can't, I can't worship. I can't lift my hands up. No, I'm not doing that. I'm holding on to the prayer. Someone's got to hold on to this prayer. Oh, the Lord got me a beauty. <laughs> he said, you kidding? You're going to try and pull that one on me? Uh, I think it took about half the, the time they were up there. Finally, this hand went up. And, and uh, wow, it just felt so great. Soul. You will worship God. Saul, you're embarrassed. You got the fear of man. Saul, you will worship God. And my hand went up and then took my hand off the other, the, the, the handle, and I began to worship. I've been doing that ever since. David, okay, so from, from what we've read to here is 17 promises. 17 promises. The first five are paramount. And we'll talk about those. Um, the the, what we've read so far, so what did we read? 103 from 1 to 19. That's all about personal, a personal admonishment of David to himself. Saul, we're going to worship God. We're in church. We're going to do this. Come on, get those hands up. Let's be engaged. Come on, that's only half an attempt. Come on, let's really do this. And I have ways to do that. I, I, I do lift my hands up a lot. It helps me engage. I find when there's expression, when there's expression, if I was to say to Julie, I really love you, you are awesome. Please. I'm just so desperately, madly, wonderfully. No, I, I Jules, please forgive me for not putting the washing out. Please. Please, please, please. There's something about engaging. There's something about the engaging. Sorry, I, sorry, I spent the budget on some new jeans. No, sorry. Um, there's something about demonstrating yourself because where you, when you demonstrate physically, your spirit will follow. When you demonstrate physically, it's like a smile. If you smile, something's got to follow through. You know, your spirit will follow through. That's why it's good to learn to smile. And it's good to be able to demonstrate yourself because your spirit will follow. And David is saying twice, he says at verse 1 and 2, we're going to worship God. So I'll get used to it. Yeah, people are chasing you. And people, are, this is David, 
and, 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 and you know, you should be king. And I don't know if he's king by this time, but, you know, we, we're going to do this. Not half-heartedly, not, not, not distracted, not thinking about something else. We're in church. We're going to worship God. Then he goes into, he remembers, this is his key. Forget not his benefits. Forget not. Forget not what he's done, what he's doing. What's he doing? His mercies are new every morning. That's what he's doing. Did you get that this morning? You woke up, you're alive. By the way, you are alive because of him. Colossians 1.17 says, he holds you together. He holds the world together. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just a mechanic. No, this is the way my body, I'm a human. This is the, I get up and I eat breakfast. I breathe. I walk out my days. No, you are here by the divine inspiration of God and Christ. No, no, I'm just, a, I'm just a, a, a human. This is what humans do. No, you are here by the divine equation of God's providence in your life. Amen? Then, then he talks about five... five um, he talks about personally. Let's get this straight. He talks about personally. Then he, t- he takes it up into a national... Then he takes it up into a national scope. And this is what, this is actually what John Piper, I think, says. He says, God's initiative to reveal himself. There is something about worship that is ever, that is very expansive. There are impulses in it that want to be ever widening and stretching and swelling and increasing and enlarging and snowballing last Sunday night. It begins with God's initiative. He reveals who he is and what he is like. Then seemingly as we get one glimpse of his glory, it converts us to worship him in ever increasing measures, like the scripture says. So here it is. We forget not his benefits of what he's done. He's died on the cross for us, all that he's done. Then we stand in the day of what he's doing. But then as a church, we're reminded of what he's going to do. What's he going to do? What did Pastor, uh, uh, what, did, what did I say this morning about financial uncommon gifts? That's what he's going to do for this church. Uncommon financial gifts are coming your way, my way. That's what he's going to do. Are you excited yet? Are you excited yet? Nationally, so it goes from personally, nationally, then he says, this ain't good enough, man. It'd be like, like last Sunday night, trying to pull this worship team up. We're all here. We're all engaged now. At the start, you were preaching, and I could hear a pin drop. Wasn't much happening, to be honest. I couldn't hear it. Amen. Couldn't hear a whoa or anything. Seemed a little bit flat to me. You preach the word. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 that he performs his word. His word will not return void powerful thing about the Word of God. It's not the Reader's Digest. It's the living, active Word of God. Amen? You preach that Word. You speak that Word over yourself, and it will be performed on your children, on your life, on your finances. Why do you think I read all that out? I declared, I made a statement to heaven. Lord, we will not, as a C3 Tugger Church, be self-sufficient. We will not resort to fundraising. We are going to do it by the divine inspiration of God upon our life. That's how Nehemiah happened. Nehemiah cried about the walls being broken down. And he said, my God. And then the people were stirred in their spirit, it says. 
and then they began to build with one hand and defend with another. Haggai says the same. Zerubbabel and Haggai both coming at God's people saying, we need to build this temple. We need to build it. And all of a sudden the scripture says, and they were stirred in their spirit. What is giving all about? It's being stirred in your spirit about the gospel. That's your tithe. And it's about being stirred in your spirit when the pizza guy comes to the door and you say, my God, I just feel like blessing that young lad. You're a pin drop right now. All giving. Don't give in the flesh. Don't give. It's, you'll, you'll finally have strings attached to it. Give because you're inspired by God. You're inspired in your spirit. Then it's relayed to your soul. Is it truth? Is it the Bible? What does my mind, my will, my emotions say? If you get a tick, 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 mind, will, your emotions and your soul, then your body begins to move. Then the wallet comes out. You give. Or the hands go up and you worship. Or the hands go out and you hug someone. Or the hands go out and you pick your Bible up and do your devotion. It's about the unction of the Holy Spirit upon your life. It's in the Spirit. Now, when you're in the house of God, here's a clue. Okay, so I need to get back to that scripture. I need to finish that. David, David's not, he's, David's, he's got his, he's got his, he got himself into gear. He's engaged. He's worshipping. He's, he's remembering the five foundational promises, but he's, he's remembered the 17 promises, 17 there are. He gets to this point, he says, I'm not happy with just worshiping in the context of the church. I'm not just happy to, as a nation. I want universally, I want to see God worshipped. I'm not just happy for me personally worship God. I'm not happy just for my n- nation to be worshiping God. I want, you, I want the heavens to cry out. And this is where he says, Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding. Then he starts preaching to the angels. David, he says, that's all good, but I'm speaking to the angels. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Yeah, praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in the dominion. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Is that it? Praise God. So David goes from personal national, and then he goes, let's go for universal. Let's get the angels standing around this church. Let's get the angels worshiping God. Oh, the Lord, oh, my soul. And it's ever increasing. It's snowballing. It's infectious. It has a contagious. We got caught up in glory. Were we looking at our clocks last Sunday night? I didn't see anyone looking at their clocks. Oh, gee, aren't we finished yet? You're caught up in the expanse of worship, the ever-increasing worship. Here's a key, guys, to be in a spirit-filled church. You cannot be fully blessed and you cannot fully worship. You cannot fully give if you just appropriate God's kingdom academically by your mind. The Holy Spirit, uh, let's get this right, in the Hebrew is ruach, means breath. The breeze of heaven. Jesus breathed on the disciples when they received the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth and God spoke. Man came to be and then God 
breathed into the soul of man, he became a living being. Here's a key, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, how can you be born again? How does that work? Jesus said, it's like the wind, it blows here, there, you know not where it goes, but unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Meaning somehow when we say yes to Jesus, the breath of life comes into our soul and we become saved by the Holy Spirit. Is this good? Now here's a key. This will be revolutionary for you. When you're in church, when you're in worship, when you're at home even, here it is. If you believe God is in the room, that song, Jesus culture, don't think the guys have got to go. Thanks, God. Jamie, God bless you. When you're in the room, there's a, there's a, there's a song, a Jesus culture song, isn't there, Julie? It says, don't talk like God is not in the room. I don't want to talk like God is not in the room. Great lyric. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. Love a wife with a good memory. I see people almost holding their breath in church. Academically appropriating church, looking at these wonderful, talented musicians even, what they're wearing. Five senses. What's it feeling like? What's the weather like? Touch, hearing, seeing, all caught up in the five senses. But appropriating God, appropriating a spirit-filled service, and appropriating a God who is spirit, you must and you cannot breathe through your mind. You breathe through your lungs. You breathe in. You breathe in the oxygen of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the breath of life. I breathe you in. If you're just constantly looking and hearing and trying to touch and trying to feel, you're going to fall way, you fall way short of receiving the blessing that you so deserve. I cannot, you cannot receive from the preacher academically all that God wants you to have. You must receive him by the Spirit. You must stop holding your breath. What's going to happen? What's he going to say? Where's my children? Where's my finances? Where's my wife? What's the weather like? What's the terrorists doing? People are holding their breath, holding their breath. Out, what time is it? What am I to do today? What's the rest of the day? Relax and breathe in the Holy Spirit with your lungs of your spirit. Flick the switch off to your mind. Don't be mindless. But allow your spirit man to breathe in the oxygen of the Holy Spirit. That's the, uh, that's, that, if you're not interested in that type of lifestyle or worship, there are other churches that do church academically. Great churches preach the exactness of the Word of God. Preach far better than me about the exactness of the Word of God. 
because isn't it the exactness of the Word of God that will get you into heaven? It's a bit like a driving school instruction test, Helen. You know what I mean? It's the exactness. They read God. Heaven's ready to pull you up if you go too fast. Pull you up if you cross the line. Pull. No, no, no. That, this is about God who loves you. But this is what the Bible says. He loves me. I might blow it with some of my doctrine. But if you allow it to negate the Holy Spirit from your life, some of my best preachers, I, I, I don't agree with everything they say. But if I become offended, if I become grieved in my spirit and mistrusting, I shut down the grace that's offered through their life. See, we all got a bit of a religious spirit. A religious spirit is based in fear and pride. Pride that I know best. And fear, is this of God or not? Pride that I know how God works. I know how God should work. We all got a bit of that, unfortunately. But you know what? Relax and breathe. If Pastor Phil preaches something that's not entirely right, do you know what? You're still going to get to heaven. <laughs> you know what? You're still going to get to heaven. But God honors me for the passion I have. Yeah. Not because I'm doctrinally correct. I'll admit that. He honors me because I'm passionate like a child for my God who rules yeah. and reigns. And as long as that passion is within me, the anointing comes upon me and I can convey the Spirit of God through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit. And that gives life to people. That gives life to this church. And breathe it in. Breathe the Holy Spirit in. Stop holding your breath. Your children are going to be all right. God is magnificent. He's magnificent. He can look after your children all the days of your life. Stop holding your breath about your finances. Stop holding your breath about your job, your business. Stop holding your breath about your marriage. Stop holding your breath and breathe God in. This is my key to you. Is that good? And I find then you can worship. Then you can receive the Word of God, even from a Bible college student, even from someone, a novice, who would get up there and just preach the Word. You don't have to be a big shot preacher. You just have to open your mouth and by the Spirit of the living God, the words come out and has an effect in God. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege David says, Saul, worship God. Worship God, not half-heartedly, not half an attempt, not distracted with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Worship God. Let's all stand. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.